Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. So they would walk by, and as they were walking by, they would pick up these little rocks and throw it at the gate and hear it, the big banging noise, and then they would keep on going. I call this story, Rocks on the Wall. Greetings, mission adventurers. Our story takes place among the Maghrebi people in northern Africa, a generally hot and dry landscape where the most common industries involve fishing and mining for ore. Tourism also plays a role in the local economy, as does agriculture. The spoken languages are influenced to a greater or lesser degree of Arabic and Berber dialects, with French spoken as the key trade language. In this culture, child supervision is minimal, so it became a challenge for the AFA missionaries on how to relate to them in a Christ-like context. But let's let our missionary Elsa Lane tell us how they won the hearts of these precious kids. Here is her story. My name is Elsa Lane and I've worked on the Maghreb Project with Adventist Frontier Missions in North Africa. It was not a place that I ever expected to end up. Uh, in fact, at most of my life, I had always heard about missions, but it never had sunk in that it might be something that I would do. After my husband and I got married, we actually had a very purposeful conversation. And in that conversation, we said, God is not calling us to overseas long-term mission service. We'll do short-term trips. And so we had been very purposeful in doing short-term mission projects, and we had enjoyed that. But as the years went by, we ended up um, having contact with some of the missionaries with Adventist Frontier Missions. In fact, one of them came and spent a whole Sabbath at our home while they were on furlough. And the result of that was that we felt strongly convicted that we should begin supporting this project on a monthly basis. And so with that monthly support came the Adventist Frontiers magazine. And I found myself month by month reading through these stories. And it got to the point where I would go to the mailbox every day when I knew it was about time for the next issue to come, just eager to hear the next story. And so as I read these stories month by month, I just had this growing burning desire to be a part of this. And I would get to the end of the magazine and just be weeping, just asking myself, why aren't we doing this? And I kept on trying to come up with all of the reasons why we weren't. And all of them just ended up sounding very selfish and kind of lazy in some ways. And so this went on for about a year. And at the end of that year, I just felt like I need to have a conversation with my husband. And so uh, we went for a walk one evening, and as we were talking together, I told him, I really feel like the Lord is calling us into something else. And we were involved in mission service where we were at, so it wasn't as if we were not doing missions, but it just felt like we needed to do more. And so 
He said, oh, okay, well, let's talk about it. And when I told him, I really think the Lord is calling us to overseas mission service, he was quite surprised, and but he didn't have the reaction that I thought he would. His response was, well, let's pray about it. And so we started to pray, and the more we prayed, the more the conviction grew. And so by the end of another six months or so, we had completed the application with Adventist Frontier Missions. We had come to orientation and had accepted a call. And then we just proceeded from there. And there are so many different things that the Lord did along the way to confirm to us that this was definitely the call He was placing, placing on our hearts for that time in our lives. So fast forward, we have now arrived at the Maghreb Project in North Africa. And we ended up, after finishing our language training over that first year, in a very small village in the middle of open desert area. And just to kind of give you a visual of what this light is like, the ground is a reddish brown combination of dirt and sand. And there are huge boulders everywhere, a lot of open space where grass does not grow because it's upwards of 120 degrees uh, at portions of the summertime. And olive trees are about the only thing that is consistently around. And so our little house, I called it my compound because it had these big walls around it, just like all of the other houses. Our little house was surrounded by these olive trees. And there would be big packs of dogs that would come running through, especially at night. And they would be hunting and doing all of these things that wild dogs do. And we had chickens surrounding us. There was a donkey that would sing us to sleep at night. And then he would wake us up in the morning singing again. And you can just imagine what a donkey song would sound like. Um, It's not... A pleasant sound but it did make us laugh and so we just there were so many new experiences for us in this environment and one of the things that we were trying to do was develop a, a relationships with our neighbors and so we had done a variety of things just going for walks every evening and there were several people that had had invited us into their home and we had just spent so much time enjoying getting to know these neighbors of ours. But then at one point, there was some young boys in the neighborhood that started coming by. And apparently, the people that had rented this particular house before had allowed these boys to come in and do different things that our landlord had told us he was not okay with them doing. And so they were asking to be able to come in and and do these specific things. And we were telling them, no, our landlord has said, that's not okay. And they got very angry about that. And so they started climbing up the olive trees on one side of our wall, trying to climb up and try and get over the wall. When that didn't work, they would take big rocks and they would climb up these trees and they would throw the rocks over the wall into our yard. And then it progressed to them going to the front of the house and they were banging on the door on the big gate and ringing the doorbell constantly and just doing all kinds of different things. And it got really out of hand and it was very unnerving for us because even though we had a little bit of the language down, we were able to communicate 
okay. We didn't have the context to be able to communicate in depth and try and explain to these little boys what was going on. And so we used the local system of dealing with conflict, which was I went and talked to one of the the village women that I had developed a relationship with and explained the situation. And so she went and she talked with the leaders, the men of that village, and explained the situation to them. And then the men went and talked with the little boys and told them in no uncertain terms were they to do that anymore. And so it stopped. While we were thankful that it had stopped, we were also uncomfortable because now there was this kind of um, a rift in our relationship with the, the villagers. And so we were really praying about that. Then we had to leave to go on a visa run. So we had to leave the country. And when we came back, it was now the school year. And so these little boys, along with all of the, the other children from the neighborhood, would walk past our house four times a day. The way that their school is set up, they go to school first thing in the morning, and then they come home for lunch, and their lunch break is two hours, and then they go back to school after that, and then they come home for a break. And so they're coming back and forth um, four or five times throughout the day. And these boys would come by our house, and our big gate that was in front of the house was just too tempting for them. So they would walk by, and as they were walking by, they would pick up these little rocks and throw it at the gate and hear it the big banging noise, and then they would keep on going. For us, it was, again, an uncomfortable situation because in our context in America, you don't throw rocks at people's homes unless you have ill intent. And so it was very unnerving for us but also just annoying because this was happening repeatedly throughout the day. And so we were praying and trying to figure out how to go about uh, responding to this. And honestly, the first things that we thought of and the things that were coming from our irritation were not very positive. And so we just kept on praying. And one day, this idea just kind of started to formulate in my mind there were these two huge boulders just outside our house on the other side of the road. And so as these boys would come by, they would have to walk on the road between the boulders on the right and our big metal gate on the left. And so we went out and we bought spray paint in bright green and bright yellow and went out and we spray painted these huge boulders and made them big targets with different numbers so that they could get different scores depending on where they hit these rocks. And we painted the big boulder and the next big boulder and several of the smaller boulders so they had all kinds of different options for targets and waited for them to come home for lunch. And when the little boys came by and saw us standing outside the gate, they froze. They were so terrified. We knew at that point that they recognized that what they had been doing was not acceptable. But they were just so scared and they were looking back and forth and talking among themselves, trying to figure out if they needed to run. And so we quickly called to them and said, please come, please come. They were still hesitant. And so my husband and I picked up rocks and we said, watch us. And so we threw the rocks and hit the the target. And then we called out the, the score. Woohoo, we got 10 points. 
And those little boys' eyes just lit up. They were so excited, and they came running over, and we had them stand with their backs to our gate, facing these boulders, and they were just picking up rocks from the road and throwing them at the boulders, counting up their scores, and they just got so excited. They were jumping up and down and hooting and hollering because they had made such a good score. And that's where we left them. We went back in the house, and they continued to play. And for the rest of the time that we lived there, every day as the boys were coming to and from school, they would stop in front of our gate, they would pick up rocks, and they would play their little game. And we could hear them from our house, and they would be cheering and calling out the scores. It just turned such a a stressful situation into something that ended up being very positive. After that experience, you know, village life, the word spreads very, very quickly. And we would have children that would just run up to us. They they learned our car. And as we were pulling out of the driveway, we would have children just run up to us and just be so happy to see us and greet us and chase after the van, waving and laughing. And it created a positive atmosphere, not just for the children, but for us and also for our connections with the villagers. I'm so thankful for that little opportunity to be able to plant a seed of kindness and mercy in the hearts of these little boys who are so used to receiving harsh rebukes and even physical retribution when they do something like that. I don't know what the eternal outcome will be, but our prayer is that those little boys will remember the experience with us and that their hearts will be drawn to Jesus. I must say, taking a situation that's annoying and frustrating and making it fun isn't something that really comes natural, if you know what I mean. Our sinful nature tends to be more revengeful and bitter. But what happens if we surrender completely to God? Our thoughts and actions will reflect a godly character. We basically become a new creation. In doing what Elsa did, she eventually became great friends with the community and was able to spread joy amongst the children and gain trust from the people of Maghreb. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal.